0: Oh, hey, everybody. It's Hello. It's <laughs> your good friend, Mark and Chris, here to talk to you today about the enemy. The enemy, it's overwhelm. It's the thing that where you're like, you're really busy and you're really stressed out and all this stuff is coming at you from a million directions and you lose the ability to make a decision. Right? Ugh. It's a single worst thing in my life is overwhelm absolutely and i think that every business owner we've talked about this on this podcast on the six figure creative this is like one of my rallying cries for people is that you need to schedule time to work on your business every week not just for it yeah for me that used to be wednesdays from 12 o'clock on And I think actually, initially it was like two o'clock, so it was like two to five. I work on my business, no projects then. And as I'm learning more about how to help people systemize their businesses and work faster, I think that the most important thing you can do is spend at least two hours every week, that's scheduled, that's consistent, it's at the same time every week, where you work on your business, not for it. And the first thing you need to address is overwhelm. You need to find ways to minimize your overwhelm in your business because if you do that, there's an inverse correlation between overwhelm and creativity. You are going to be better at your job if you are not overwhelmed. So let's talk about some strategies to reduce overwhelm today, Mark. Yeah. But first, we should banter.
1: Yeah. (laughs) That's, well... You are in a new apartment.
0: I am. I I am in a new, amazing apartment. The vibe here is a million times better than yeah. the office for podcasting. We can look out and see the trees and the river and the birds. And there's a dog sleeping at my feet. And it's
1: there's I, a hammock on the patio.
0: There's a hammock on the patio. It's amazing. I'm living my best life. Yeah. Or at least trying to. Buster's loving it. Buster. Buster the dog. Hey, Buster. Buster's the mascot of Mix and Master Faster. Yes. <laughs> He's a Chihuahua, and everyone knows that no one mixes and Master faster than a Chihuahua. That's right. But dude, Mark, how the heck are you, buddy?
1: Doing good. Yeah, keeping busy. Had a new show launch on PureMix, uh, doing plugin reviews and all that. So.
0: Awesome. How many episodes yeah. deep in that are you? Three shot right now. There's one out. Yeah. Nice. nice. Did That's you did you uh, do the rubber band compressor?
1: It's it's on the list.
0: Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I like that one. Yeah. I like that one.
1: Yeah. The first one was a squid plugin with rainbows,
0: unicorns, and bats and lightning. That sounds uh it's great. That sounds like it's got a really <laughs> a really warm sound. I don't even know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's something. Yeah. That's it's called awesome.
1: Mishby, uh, from Freak Show Industries. Uh for anybody who
0: hasn't seen Speaking it. Speaking of great. businesses, I wish I owned. Right. Like, right. That's just the branding of just let's be weird yeah. and creepy and make bizarre plugins. So that we stand out and it's not like, oh, we made another 1176 emulation. Right. You yeah. need this. Yeah. Instead, let's make weird stuff that yeah. tickles.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I in the episode, I was talking about how it's this genre of cartoon plugins, which I would even say the rubber band compressor is like that. Yeah. It's like these cartoon plugins, like the sausage factor and all that. Which is a little bit of a breath of fresh air from like the recording studio simulator stuff that we have
0: yeah. every day. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Like yeah. you're you're trying to recreate all the gear the Beatles had for some reason, right? And yeah. work like that, and yeah. instead of trying to find new and goofy stimulating things that yeah. lighten the atmosphere right. a little bit.
1: And there's definitely a place for the other stuff, and it makes sense. But it's it's kind of fun to pull up a rubber band and be like, "What does this do?" Yeah, or a unicorn with bats and lightning. <laughs>
0: Why not? <laughs> how would a compressor sound if it was uh, actually a rubber band? Right. That stretched and snapped in the same Yeah, that's freaking fascinating. Yeah. But okay, so let's talk about overwhelm. So Let's first let's talk about how overwhelm affects each of us. So for me, overwhelm is something where I, when I have too many things on my plate, too many urgent things, too many things that feel like they have to get done soon, I start to lose the ability to prioritize. And when I lose the ability to prioritize, I don't do the most important things first. Or most importantly, I don't do the things that give me leverage first. The things that allow me to work a little bit faster or be a little bit smarter. So I think this probably resonates with everybody. I hope it does. But there are certain tasks that I procrastinate because I don't want to do them. And when I procrastinate them, it makes me a little bit dumber. Mm -hmm. And then all the work that I do is a little bit worse. As a result of that. And what, at the end of the day, I'm a little bit more exhausted. And I've had a hard time balancing, especially, man, especially like once the six figure creative slash six figure home studio podcast took off. Like my life was really, really simple before yeah. that. It was like make songs sound better for money. Right. <laughs> you know, right. like there's all these systems of, you know, people would see an ad or they'd hear about me and they'd upload a song and then I'd make it sound better and they'd say oh, that's really cool here's a project here's and some money and I'd make it sound better and send it back Yeah, and I'd ask for a Google review and then again and again and again and again and again. When the podcast took off and I wasn't niched anymore mm-hmm. that I started having like okay well cool like all these people want me to make this app for them Bounce Butler and all these people still want me to master and these people want me to business coach and you know I need to podcast today i need to make a cool episode it got a lot more difficult to balance all the different things and part of this process too was it was like oh there's one kid oh there's two kids oh no i have three kids right like uh i can't uh, the zone defense doesn't work anymore or the man-to-man defense doesn't work anymore i have to switch to zone defense this is a big transition going from two to three kids was much more intense than going from one to two kids wow and so starting to figure out, like, how can I make it so that I'm in a headspace to make decisions and prioritize, I think was really important for me. But Mark, like, what's that been like for you?
1: It's I actually, I mean, I found the Six Figure podcast when my son was born, I think maybe shortly after or something. But it was mm. definitely like right at that point in my life where it became very clear that I had to add more structure mm. or be be more intentful about how I was spending my time where and you know making sure that things were hitting deadlines more. It just it seemed it might have been perceived, but I perceived that I needed to get more tight with that stuff. And yeah, it was kind of the perfect time for me to find that podcast and dig into automation systems and all of that stuff and uh, just learn about it. I think um where I can relate to what you're talking about with these different hats almost trying to fit in those different hats into your day and sort out this massive growing to-do list thing was with PureMix. When I came on with PureMix, it was like it went from I have sessions all day to I have sessions, but I also have to coordinate these shoots and make sure that this content calendar happens mm. and all of that stuff. And sometimes those things didn't have to-do dates on them and they would just sit and take up brain share. Mm. And so they just kind of simmer back there and they wouldn't turn off. You know, it would just kind of stay there and be like, yeah. hey, Keep thinking about me a little bit, you know? (laughs) So then it's like your CPU is only running at like 95% or whatever because you have little things in the back of your head just kind of pay attention.
0: Well, brain is, I think, a really good example that I think a lot of people listening to this show are going to resonate with. So when I first got into audio, computers were not great. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like 01, and I bought... Actually, I think I bought my first MacBook in like 02 or 03. And it was the original 13-inch MacBook Pro. And it was just like,
1: oh, my
0: gosh. Like, yeah. But like my iPhone has probably 10 times right. more processing power than that computer did. And because I wasn't a great vocal producer, I used a lot of autotune. And as soon as I put autotune in my mix session, my computer was like, oh, oh okay. Turn the, turn the buffer way up. I can't. One track at a time. One at a time. One at a time. Yes. <laughs> And it's I think the same way with overwhelm. Yeah. You use this phrase brain share. And when you have too many plugins running in your brain, your CPU doesn't run well and it starts to glitch. Yeah. And it You get buffer under run errors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got you start to get buffer errors. Yeah. <laughs> I love how unbelievably nerdy this conversation yeah. is right now. Like we're talking about the human brain and relating it to a DAW yeah. <laughs> and plugins and stuff. Yeah. But it, it really hits the nail on the head of, you know, I'm a big fan of UAD plugins. I try not to be, but I can't help it. And they're yeah. fantastic. Yeah. And you've got that little processor and you can put enough plugins in your UAD console yeah. uh, or on your DAW until you fill up that little bar. And then once you've done that, you can't do anymore. Right. And I think productivity, and running a business, trying to mix and master, or master, or mix, or produce, or whatever it happens to be in audio world, gets challenging when your little processor in your brain is running a little bit too hot. Yep. And, man, you get these strange things where it just gets glitchy, you know, or you try to switch to a different type of project Which in this example could be a different sample rate. Right. And it dramatically (laughs) impacts your processor usage. Right. And all of a sudden you're like, I don't, (laughs) this isn't working anymore. And a random UAD plugin was turned off in my session and I'm not sure which one it was. Right. And I'm going to go in and try to figure that out. Is that, maybe that's just a thing that I struggle with. But
1: yeah, I'm there. I'm there with you. (laughs) The solution, unfortunately, like, well, not unfortunately, the solution in that case is that you go get another satellite.
0: Mm -hmm. You can't do that with your brain. But if you, wait. wait a minute. <laughs> oh, be good. Look at this transition that we've meandered it into is. systems. Ah. So, well, that I think is the story. That's the story that we're trying to tell on this podcast. You have finite mental powers. And when you are doing all of the things manually in your own business that potentially could be automated or could be systemized enough that they then could be delegated, you get more IQ points and you get smarter and more creative and you do better work. This is not a podcast about how to be lazy without getting caught. Yeah. This is a podcast about how to do better work and yes. you can do better work by having more mental energy, by having less stuff using up Ram, using up processor in your biological head, in your CPU neck unit. <laughs> Mind creeps. <Yeah. laughs> you can get so much more effective if you find ways to either automate, eliminate, or systemize so that you can delegate. Mm-hmm. I'll say this again. You can find ways to get smarter and more creative and more talented at your craft if you look at all the things that are taking up your mental energy and you find ways to either automate eliminate or systemize so that you can delegate that I like inadvertently that was unrehearsed. I just sort of said that and was like, Oh my gosh, that, that's the thing. Yeah. That is exactly it. There's a book called the four hour Workweek That's really great. And mm-hmm. he talks about delegate, eliminate, automate to liberate. So mm-hmm. it's a little bit of a riff on that. Right. But you know, for our purposes, I think explaining automate means that you don't have to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. Or that you barely have to do it anymore. Yeah. Systemize takes a hard, complicated task that you don't like doing or that isn't necessary for you to do because somebody potentially could do it if it was simple enough Mm -hmm. that allows you to hand that to someone else and that lets you double down on the thing that you love. There's a guy, Stuart Richardson, who's in this band Thursday, a good friend of mine that I've been doing some business coaching with, and we were talking today about you know, he's this amazing bass player. And so when he's doing a mix for a project, his ability to get the bass and the kick drum, I would imagine, he's mm-hmm. probably pretty damn good. Right. You know, he's played live all these huge stadiums. Yeah. He understands the way that the kick drum and the bass really hold it down in a band, and it's that's one of the harder, I think, yeah, one of the harder things to mix. So when he's doing that, he is like living his best life. He's providing value that other people can't because it's taste. Right. He has taste that he can lean back on to do his actual job. But when it comes to, like, I don't know, labeling all the stems that he needs to export to the label, he doesn't need his taste to do that. Mm -hmm. And so when he's doing that, when he's spending that time, he could be doing something else with his time instead. He could be mixing another song and doing that really important thing. So he needs to find a way to either automate or systemize so that he can delegate it or eliminate it. I did it in the wrong order there, but you guys get the point. Yeah. that thing is not in his circle of genius it's not his creative like mojo like it's not the thing that makes him so unique in the marketplace so he shouldn't do it so that he can do the thing that he is awesome at more yeah so overwhelm is such a a fascinating topic here because when you're doing all the things not only does it keep you from spending time doing the thing that you're really amazing at but it makes you worse at the thing that you're amazing at because Mm -hmm. you have all this brain share. Exactly. I was just going
1: to say, like when I have a whole record of stems that I need to do, I don't do that in between songs. I go on to the next song because that's the fun thing. That's the thing I want to go do. Yeah. Not print the stems. So I go on to the next song and then I do it for the third and the fourth song. And then in the back of my head, it's saying, Hey dude, you got like three hours of stem printing to do. Maybe you should pause and get that done or whatever. And it's, not fun because then in the next mix, I'm just thinking
0: about, I should probably be doing the stems for the last record instead of jumping onto this new project. Yeah. Well, and this gets complicated. There's two schools of thought when it comes to work like this. There is the school of thought of batching and there is the school of thought of lean. Mm. So lean manufacturing is sort of the main concept that's popular here. Batching is exactly what you just talked about. Do all the same type of tasks at once, track all of the drums for a record and then track all of the guitars, and then track all of the bass, et cetera. You can approach it that way, and in some instances, this is a tool that is really, really useful. In creative businesses where there's no systems, it can be unfortunate, because to just sit down and bounce stems for three hours Mm -hmm. is soul-crushing. It's awful, which is why you should go to com and download the world's number one <laughs> studio assistant AI. That's com. Give it a bunch of sessions. It'll bounce them before you and text you when he's done. Works with all the major DAWs. Anyways, what were we talking about, Mark? That was...
1: <laughs> we were, oh, that's perfect. We were talking about batching
0: and, and getting rid of this stuff,
1: automating it. And I think um, a fun place where that goes, what I started doing for this was I would notice at certain times of the day that I'm more... Productive at certain tasks, so you know at nighttime, maybe past three o'clock, I become more creative and I start doing mm. better mixing and also faster mixing because I'm I'm kind of firing on all cylinders mm. at that moment. So I started kind of thinking about like, well, why mixing is so easy for me three o'clock on three Before o'clock in the morning or no 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 three okay. o'clock in the afternoon on you know I'm am kind of I usually start my day a little bit later I I have the little guy in the morning and then nice. I start around noon or something like that so. Around noon, I'm like kind of, you know, getting into the day, figuring out what has to happen and looking at emails, all that stuff, answering messages from day before stuff, whatever. And then if I would start mixing before that three o'clock time, I would kind of, you know, feel like things were like not, not Mm. really like easy going or whatever, Mm. like the engine wasn't greased. After that point, I just started noticing, okay, this gets easier as the day goes on. So what does that tell me about, maybe it's about myself, about my own clock or, um, Maybe it's just that it takes me a minute to get up and going, you know, from
0: Yeah. Circadian rhythm.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I started listening to this other podcast called The Productivityist, and they were talking about time mapping in there. And time mapping is basically becoming aware of those circadian rhythm stuff and just saying, okay, between three o'clock and eight o'clock, I'm definitely better at this task. And then from 12 to maybe that time I'm going to deal with you know stuff in my business or mm. dealing with communication stuff. And just kind of recognizing, OK, if if I'm firing more on these certain topics and these specific times, then let's actually schedule around them. So I started doing that, and it helped a ton. Mm. And I have an app recommendation for doing that called SkedPal. SkedPal is a combination of a to-do list and a calendar. And basically, you can go in before you schedule anything and you can say, between 3 o'clock and 8 o'clock are going to be my mixing hours. And between noon and 3 o'clock, those will be my email communication hours. And then on Wednesdays at 2 o'clock, I'm going to do nothing but work on my business instead of for it mm. you know, for two hours or whatever. So then when you go through and you make your to-do list, you could say, I need to mix this song. It's going to take me four hours. Find me a spot. And then the calendar will look through all of your events and it'll say, hey, Wednesday at four o'clock you have a couple hours open. I'm going to put it there. And then your communication stuff, I'll put, you know, I have to respond to Chris's email. It'll say, cool, let me look for a spot between 12 and three Monday through Friday where I can say, email Chris. Mm. And then it'll do that. So it's, it's kind of an interesting way of looking at your day, looking at your own patterns and then using them to your advantage instead of being blindsided by them.
0: That's awesome. Well, in our industry, it's such a strange thing because nobody knows why people like music anyways. Like why is a song a hit and the other one's not? Like to say, well, the chorus is better, or it's catchier. Yeah, but why do people like that?
1: Right, right. <laughs> like
0: it's yeah. it's a really strange thing that some songs give you goosebumps and other ones that are arguably better don't. Right. And we, we don't understand any of that. And there is something you're hitting on something so important that there is. And we're we're doing it with this episode right now. We talked about what episode we wanted to do. We started having conversations, pitched a couple ideas, and this we I felt the magic mm-hmm. with this one. And that's the job. Yeah. Like when you're in music, when you're in the creative arts, it's to sense the magic and act, mm-hmm. capture, right. And man, that's a complicated thing because it doesn't necessarily. Fall into the same nine to five yeah. rhythm that like a normal person's boring ass job would yeah. you know it's not like entering the expenses in your spreadsheet requires a, the magic to be present. It yeah. does not. It's just
1: well, I want to bounce something off of you, actually So this idea of time mapping is is kind of rigid, right? Yeah. so it has its benefits of saying, okay, I, I recognize these patterns about myself. You know they're pretty repeatable day to day. But it's also rigid. So what happens if you don't sleep the night before for whatever
0: reason and then the whole thing's off? Man, th- this is exactly where I'm at because I've yeah. had a lot of health issues the past year and a half. I'm doing great now. I'm finding a rhythm again. But I, I think that's a really complicated question. Mm-hmm. And I think the one of the answers to that, I'm going to kind of dodge the question a little bit, yeah. but I-, I think I'm going to give a, a, I- I think a useful answer here, is that if you have a nine to five life is not accounted for in your nine to five. Maybe you can take a personal day every once in a while, but you can't show up late. can't necessarily leave early most of the time. But when you run your own business, you allow your business to fit in the cracks of your life Mm -hmm. instead of letting your life fit in the cracks of your career. Mm -hmm. And to me, knowing how to respond to that, knowing how to respond to, okay, I didn't sleep last night or, I don't feel great or I have, have you ever had like an earache and you've had yeah. to like mix a record or yes. something that, oh, yeah, yeah. like you know that your hearing's not quite on. I think that's the reason that everyone does this for a living. It's, yes, it's fun work. Yes, it's really cool. Yes, yeah. it's it's great at a party. To, someone's like, what do you do? Oh, well, I make records. Like, oh, Really? And you're in your 30s? And you're still doing it? Cool. Okay. I always feel like in the back of their head, they're like, "Man, child." (laughs) Well, it's funny. You get two reactions at a party. That they're either like, "Oh, all right," Um, or like, "Oh, cool. I've always wanted to do that." You know. So yeah, you do get different responses. But I think the ultimate answer to your question is that's why we work for ourselves in the first place, Mm -hmm. is to be able to respond to. I don't even know circadian rhythm is the right word. It's something deeper yeah. than that of like, okay, you mix better at 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. Does that mean it's more fun? Does that mean it's more spiritually satisfying to you and therefore you're better at it? Like, what do you, yeah. why do you think you're better at three?
1: I don't know. I don't know. I don't have the answer. It It is those things. I definitely, um, it's not always three either, which I want to double back to in a second, but Yeah, I think it is. It's a combination of those things. It's more fun. It seems to flow easier. It's like it should be happening versus me pounding it down, you know? Yeah, it
0: should be happening. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. That's, and I think that's something that most people in our industry are musicians too. That's Mm -hmm. how I got into it as a guitar player. Yeah. Hey, if I major in music production, I won't have to pay someone to record me. (laughs) <laughs> sounds good the end right right, <laughs> right? Yeah. like that's how i got started down this journey but as a guitar player like or any sort of instrument player you learn that real quick mm-hmm. that like early morning doesn't always work great right for the singer songwriter but like 1 in 30 in the in the morning yeah. like if you've stayed up late for whatever reason that works really really well for me mm-hmm. and you figure out that you can be a better musician by playing in the right places in the right time with the right instrument yeah and i mean the difference is like 15 20 mm-hmm. at least for me like it's yeah. a sign. it might be 200 on on some occasions that i'm just a lot more satisfied like i write something that i'm comfortable sharing with people if i do it inside that window and i think you know, everyone listening to this podcast or listening to any other podcast in the music industry about it's about being better. Mm-hmm. It's about realizing your potential, and realizing your potential. Unfortunately, is not as simple as buying the next plugin, or the next piece of gear, or a slightly better emulation of a U eighty yeah. seven. Like it's there's so much more to that. Yeah, those things can help, but ultimately, you are the magic machine, right? And figuring out how to make you function better is going to have a massively bigger impact on the quality of your work, on your ability to get customers to want to work with you a second time. Just like fill in the blank, your satisfaction, the amount of money that you're making, all of these things, your biggest lever is you. Mm -hmm. How do you optimize your own brain? And I think one of the most fun things to talk about with this is you have something like a billion neurons in your head, these individual cells that we don't totally understand. How does that cell store an image? How does it store a sound? Mm-hmm. How does it store a feeling? Like how do, I don't, I have no idea. And I don't really think anybody else does too. Mm. But these billion neurons have 1 trillion connections. There's 1 trillion little wires in your brain that are not made of metal, but are electrical that are connecting all these cells. You don't have that many parts in your computer. You don't have that many... There's not that much signal flow going on in your DAW. So your biggest lever to be a genius, to be better, is to figure out what the hell is going on in your brain and how do you feed it what it wants. That might mean, for me, <laughs> I have to take a B12 mm. supplement every day. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I I went to the doctor a, a while ago and he's basically like, oh, the issue isn't that you have low B12, it's that you have no B12 <laughs> That's why your memory doesn't work great. Oh, <laughs> And if I'm taking B12, uh, I'm doing great. Another thing that works really well for me, we're not sponsored by them, uh, is a supplement called Alpha Brain. And I feel like a huckster, like talking about, what do they call these things? A neuro something. Mm-hmm. It's like a brain supplement. Yeah, And I find that my brain works significantly better, especially for podcasting, if I've taken Alpha Brain that morning. There's some mumbo jumbo there's like a bunch of weird plant ingredients in it that supposedly help with the connections but your brain has all kinds of things that might make it work better maybe bananas are helpful for you maybe a high protein breakfast rather than a high carb breakfast maybe working out in the morning makes your brain function a little bit better which then makes you more creative these are the things that we really need to be pursuing to master our craft Yeah. not like I mean, you think Picasso thought that the secret to his success was the type of paintbrush that he used? No. He figured out ones that he liked, but I think it was maximizing his creativity. Right. Like, and yeah. that might have involved drugs and alcohol. I right. don't know. Yeah. But back to our initial conversation here with overwhelm is if you want to be the best that you can be, you have to address your overwhelm. Yeah. And in order to do that, you have to schedule time to focus on addressing your overall in the same way that when you first got into this industry, you had to spend some time learning how a compressor works. They're kind of weird. They're kind of mysterious. They don't work in a way that makes sense immediately to most people. Right. It takes a minute for that moment to be like, Oh, I can hear it now. Right. Oh my God. Yeah. That's really do. Huh? Okay, cool. Before I just like, Crank the cra- like the first record I made was just like I know I should use compression I don't know what it does so I'll just make sure it's on yeah. and some I of the read songs- 40 dB all the
1: time I don't know <laughs> yeah yeah oh, okay <laughs> I
0: I hadn't read that part yet so there's like some songs that were like constantly at negative 10 decibels of gain reduction on an acoustic guitar perfect and it just didn't it didn't sound good I didn't know why I couldn't hear it yet yeah and you have to spend time on these things you have to spend time mastering signal flow. You have to spend time mastering EQ. You have to spend time mastering compression. And you should be spending time mastering overwhelm. And one of the easiest ways that you can do that is begin to build systems. Really, really simple example. We'll get into many more of these examples through the the life of this podcast. But the best, simplest system that I ever had as a mastering engineer was when people went to send me files, I had a form that they filled out. And I made the form funny. I put like Still funny, there's emojis and stuff in it, and like I made some jokes in the form so it didn't feel like a businessy like I'm trying to not have a relationship with you, fill out this form. I didn't want that, but I kept adding items to this form as I learned more about my business. And one of the most important changes I ever made was to ask the question, Do you have a track order for your album? So they would select like number of songs, and then that would make the question pop up, Do you have a track order? And then the next question, yeah, it was yes or no. If they answered yes, then it would be, please label your files, 01, file name, 02, file name, 03, file name. And what I found is if I did that, I could take all the files that came in for an album. There was no back and forth about which song was what order. There was no confusion about file names versus song names. I just took the files and I dropped them into my DAW and they snapped in the right order every time. Yeah, And I started working on the record... Mm -hmm. The way the record was going to actually flow when it was released from the first moment that I pressed play. Yeah. That dramatically decreased my overwhelm. Yeah. Because before it was like, okay, cool, I have the files. And they sent me an email with song names, and the file names do not reflect the song names. Right. Okay. Now I need to email them because I can't, I'm not sure which is track seven and which is track nine. They didn't give me enough information to figure that out. And I want to start doing the thing that I love, but I can't because they don't give me the information. So yeah. I created a system that addressed 99% of my problems with this. Not all of them, but most of them. Most people could figure out how to put an 01 in front of a song name. Yeah. And bada but bada-boom, it was not overwhelming to begin a mastering session anymore. Right. That was one of the things. So Mark, what's a good example of something that, that you've built, a system that you've built that's helped address overwhelm?
1: Yeah, this one I love. It's a combination of mind mapping and a to-do list and let's say if i'm if i i know all the things that are on my plate but i don't have an overall picture of it i don't know know them right so i'll just stop and be like okay i'm feeling overwhelmed that means there's a bunch of stuff going on in the mind chair let's just stop mm. and put it all down on paper and look at what's happening so i'll just start writing down everything that comes to my head and that could be x band single need to mix or whatever right i'll write down that And I I actually do this in a way where I say, okay, what's everything in my personal life? And as thoughts come to me, you know, whatever it happens to be, need to fix the lawnmower, need to whatever, I'll just start writing those things down in that personal bubble. And then sometimes while I'm thinking of those things, something will pop up and it'll be like, oh, the studio needs more mic stands or something like that. So I'll write down my studio's name, circle that, draw a little, you know, branch off of that and then write down buy mic stands, circle that. And then while I'm doing that, it'll be like, oh, I need to do this thing for Pyramix. So I'll write down Pyramix in a bubble, little line off of it, write down something, so on and so forth. And then as I'm going through, I'll you know maybe think of another personal item or I'll maybe think of another song that needs to be mixed or I need to do vocal tuning or something like that. So I'll just kind of let everything flow without any constraints, really, mm. and just be like, okay, I think that that's actually everything that I've been thinking of that I know that I need to do. So now I essentially have this written out to do list. So then I'll pop open a calendar and I'll using some of the time mapping stuff, I'll just kind of look at it and say like, okay, need to fix the lawnmower, that'll happen on Saturday. And uh, these pure things I'm gonna do between 12 and three because that's when my brain's firing that way. And I've gotta do some vocal tuning. I'll throw that on, you know, Thursday at three o'clock or whatever, and then I'll Mm. hit these deadlines okay. And I'll just get everything out onto paper, onto a calendar. And then once I have a plan, I don't feel so overwhelmed because I know when everything will be done. If I need to communicate to people when those things will be and set expectations, I can do that. But it's just, for me, it's just going blah, you know, (laughs) like getting it out of me onto something else. So that way I can just show up the next day and say, what am I doing today? And look at my to-do list or my calendar and be like, okay, that's the plan. If I get these things done at the end of today, it's a good day, the needle moved and I'm on to the next thing.
0: Yeah, that reminds me of repression. You know, in a, in a situation like this, I think the danger is that you've got all these things that you're overwhelmed by and you begin to repress them. You don't want to think about them because they're overwhelming. And you might not be thinking about them, but they're still doing something to your brain. Yep. They're still creating stress. It just becomes harder to identify where that stress is coming from. And what happens in this, this is like the destroyer of relationships here, is that you begin to project. Yeah. That's the word is project. Yep. So uh, a good example of this is I came to my apartment. Have I told the, the dog vacuum cleaner story yet? I don't think so. Okay. So I wanted to save money by having an automated vacuum cleaner that was cheap. Yeah. You know, we got these robot vacuum cleaners. And so I got on Amazon and I found this like $120 one. And I was like, yeah, this will probably be good enough. It's not, you know, this huge apartment. It doesn't need all the bells and whistles. And at this point, I got it, and it worked okay. Mm -hmm. Like It definitely cleaned the apartment. It was good. But then, a few weeks later, I got Buster. And Buster and this this system, this automated robot, didn't work super duper well. Because the automated robot would turn on at 2 o'clock every day, and it would vacuum my entire apartment. But on this one particular day, Buster had made a little poo-poo. Oh, no. On the carpet. (laughs) And my cheap robot found the poo-poo and it didn't know what to do with it it thought it was carpet and so my system made my apartment dirtier than it had ever been ever because i had a crappy system i had a poo cop a poo a poo popalypse poo copalypse yeah. you know what i'm trying to say here yeah I'm trying to combine the word poo and apocalypse and it's not working well and
1: You guys can't see it, but Buster just laid his head down (laughs) on the ground in shame. He's really (laughs) disappointed that Chris is talking about knows.
0: He knows. (laughs) He knows all of the English language. He's completely aware of all of it. But, you know, I came home and realized what was going on, and I had my kids with me, and I was an asshole to them. Mm -hmm. I was mean to my kids. I was so frustrated that, like, I came back, and there's poo all over the carpet in the apartment, and it smells. Yeah. And I'm like throwing the freaking robot out the onto the back porch, and like, you know, I'm you know trying to clean this all up, but that stress, the overwhelm of having shit everywhere, caused me to project that frustration onto my kids. Right, and I had to pause, and I I, it was funny because I realized I was like, this is a great story. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. this is going to be awesome to talk about on a podcast about the cost of bad systems, but also the cost of projection. I got overwhelmed, so I was an asshole to everybody else. So to close up shop here on this episode, when we talk about the cliches around audio engineers, what are some adjectives that you would use to describe the way humanity perceives us?
1: Uh, I think it was actually summarized really well. Somebody made a meme of a spirit like spirits a, a halloween shop here in the usa and you go in there and you can buy all these pre-made costumes and there was one for sound engineer and it was a balding cap with a ponytail coming out of it it was like little sleeves for arm hair like excessive arm <laughs> hair there was a tribal tattoo button-up shirt chains and big doc martin boots for it <laughs> whatever. Oh, like live sound deck guy whatever but uh back to adjectives sorry those are more visual <laughs> references but yeah i mean grumpy on edge just prickly
0: yeah you know likes to say yeah. the word actually
1: actually a lot yeah yeah <laughs> yeah
0: trust me i've been doing this trust for me. a long time yeah. and because i'm good at this one thing i'm inevitably wise and brilliant at all other things yeah. because that's how wisdom works it's not yeah. i didn't know that until recently though right and yeah i mean i like, guess we describe audio engineers the cliche is overwhelmed and projecting mm-hmm. their overwhelm onto the people around them. Yeah. Which who can blame us? It's a hard job, man. It's yeah. complicated. We got so many knobs and buttons. Who's got more knobs and buttons than we? <laughs> that's <laughs> than <nobody>. we. <laughs> that was weird to say. But yeah, there's a lot of overwhelm there. And I think that if we as an industry begin to recognize that that's our Achilles heel. Mm-hmm. It's overwhelm. Right. And we need to schedule time every week to work on our overwhelm. Mm-hmm. We need to build systems That eliminate to overwhelm and we need to figure out ways to be like, oh, I, you know, I really need to address the fact that I'm an asshole and my friends don't like me and my wife doesn't like me or my husband doesn't like me and I need to fix that. Because what happens like 20 years worth of this overwhelm later, who are you going to be? Yeah. Or what cancer? Do you have exactly exactly yeah Yeah. like literal or figurative yeah like in your
1: life so i want to add something in if if that's cool and that's yeah i was thinking about the the time mapping thing and i wanted to say one thing that was really important for me with this was kind of you know this is another symptom of overwhelm i think but when i started doing this i i wasn't very forgiving of myself if i didn't adhere to it And I would get more overwhelmed because it'd be like, it's three o'clock. Why don't I feel good about mixing right now? You know, Mm. And I'd I'd start like projecting onto myself even. So I I want to say like, it's important to you. It sounds dramatic, but forgive yourself when you are overwhelmed or when things aren't really lining up Mm. as planned and just be like, all right, let's just roll with the punches. What, you know, what's next? Or uh, even just the acknowledgement of, I think I'm starting to project on people maybe I need to sit with the mind map and just be like what's going on in the brain let's get it out because yeah. something's not right or whatever and just stopping to pause and say what's going on
0: with me let me have some intention about clearing it up yeah so if you want to be better than the older grumpier audio engineer down the road that gets most of the clients that you would like to get don't just focus on your skills and your gear yeah. focus on your brain focus on your overwhelm and man, I'm saying this, you know, on our episode here, but I'm also preaching to myself. Same. You know, this is this is something I certainly have not mastered. Um, but my health issues have forced me to confront it. Have forced me to be like, this goes off the rails in a unique and terrible way for me if I don't do this right. So, yeah, I hope this has been a good episode. To me, this is our favorite. This is my our favorite. This is my <laughs> favorite episode that we have done together yeah. so far. I've had the most fun.
1: It's the same. Yeah, this is very like just going with the flow.
0: Yeah, dude, yeah. I love it. So, yeah, if you guys have liked this episode, please write us a review on iTunes. Please be sure to subscribe and stay tuned for our next episode. Thank you guys so much and have a great day. See you. For those of you crazy kids still listening, that shameless plug that I mentioned earlier was BounceButler.com. If you want to have an AI assistant that bounces your mixes for you, your stems and stuff, BounceButler.com. Check it out. Free trial. Hey!